Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The message for today, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, rises up out of that gospel reading read just now from Matthew chapter 13. I should say at the outset of the sermon that Pastor Campbell is unavailable to join us for the worship service this morning, and so uh, it is just me here leading the service today. So on this midsummer Sunday morning, the image that is over here in front of the chair out here in the narthex of our church comes from the artist Vincent van Gogh, who lived from 1853 to 1890. And this print of his painting is called The Sower, but sometimes it's called The Sower at Sunset. It was painted in the year 1888 and it reflects Van Gogh's artistic style, what that's all about. Bold colors, broad brush strokes that give a, a textured feel to the painting. The sower in particular was a figure that Van Gogh saw in terms of representing the eternal cycle of agricultural life, of honorable endeavor and tradition, and symbolized these qualities in the artist. Van Gogh produced some 2,100 artworks, including 860 paintings, all within the span of about 10 years before he tragically took his own life on July 29, 1890. Van Gogh was unsuccessful in his lifetime. He was considered a madman and a, mis a failure. He became famous only after his death, and he exists in the public imagination as the quintessential misunderstood genius. His reputation began to grow early in the years of the 20th century. He attained widespread critical, commercial, and popular success over the ensuing decades and he is remembered as an important but tragic painter. Van Gogh's works are among the world's most expensive paintings ever to have sold, and his legacy is honored by a museum named in his honor the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, which holds the world's largest collections of his paintings and drawings. If you look closely at this or check this painting out online, you can see the sower with his bag of seeds slung there at his side, casting out that seed onto the plowed field. And if you look very closely, you can see the birds that are also there in that painting trying to eat the seed. This image points us to Jesus' parable of the sower in today's gospel lesson on which the sermon is based under the theme, Where Faith Grows. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching, the hearing, and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Matthew chapter 13 is a whole chapter of parables that Jesus told one right after another 
Sometimes Jesus' parables seem easy to understand, and sometimes they are more difficult, and that's okay. We come back to them again and again, and each time find something new there. But what exactly is a parable? Simply put, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. My favorite definition comes from the late theologian C.H. Dodd, who said, and I quote, a parable is a metaphor or simile drawn from nature or common life, arresting the hearer in its vividness or strangeness and leaving the mind in sufficient doubt about its precise application to tease it into active thought. Over the next several Sundays, we will hear about a number of different parables that Jesus told all from Matthew chapter 13. So much of Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of heaven was taken from the natural world that is all around us, as well as from everyday life. And although Jesus does not actually use the word, the kingdom of heaven is like into parable which he told today, that is most assuredly what Jesus is talking about. We hear these words again and again throughout the parables that Jesus told in Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven or yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. The kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea. And it all begins with the parable of the sower and the seed. From this, we learn where the seed of faith grows and where it does not grow. This parable, like all parables, is about things much deeper than just seed and soil. This becomes a jumping off point for our very lives and the deeper truth for how the kingdom of God is growing or not growing in our lives. Seeds cannot grow in hardened, compacted soil that's been trodden down by lots of foot traffic, nor can seeds grow in rocky ground where there's no depth of soil. And we all know how well seeds do in the midst of thorns and weeds. So what kind of soil are you? Hardened, crusty soil that nothing can penetrate? Thin layer of soil with nothing but big rocks underneath? Weed-infested soil that chokes everything out? Truth be told, we can be all of these kinds of soil at different points on our journey of faith. And sometimes, against all odds, even in these far from ideal growing conditions, seeds can
can and do grow, at least for a short time. But the problem is that in such places, like the hardened pathway, the rocky soil, the weed-infested soil, that seed will never reach its full potential. In all likelihood, that seed is not going to grow into maturity. There's too much stacked against it. And if that's true in the natural world, it is true in the spiritual world as well, the world of faith. So where does faith grow? It grows in that good soil where the seed of faith first planted in holy baptism has opportunity to take root and grow. Sowing seeds, planting a garden can be enjoyable as well as frustrating. Enjoyable when the plants grow as they should, frustrating when they do not. And when they do not, why not? Not enough moisture, too hot, insect problem. Sometimes there seems to be an obvious answer and sometimes not. I wonder whether the Lord God, the master gardener who enjoys working with living things, asks himself these same questions when it comes to the seed of faith which he has planted in us. God may well ask things like, why aren't they growing like they should? Where is the fruit that I was expecting? They have everything they need to grow and flourish. So why aren't they? Jesus tells us why the seed of faith doesn't always grow in our lives lack of understanding about God's kingdom, failure to endure and persevere in faith, being overwhelmed by cares and concerns or overtaken by materialism. All of these things can and do undermine and even destroy faith. And yet, in spite of all of these things, the sower casts the seed widely and generously. The sower sows that seed in places where it may or may not take root and grow. Any sensible gardener or farmer makes sure that the seed goes only into good soil. But God, you see, has a different perspective. God scatters the seed of faith for his kingdom in places where a productive harvest may seem very unlikely from our perspective. The power is in the seed, not the sower. That seed is the life-giving good news of how God's kingdom has broken into our world and into our lives through Jesus, the Son of God, who lived and died and rose again to rescue us from doubt, despair, and death. God did not spare the life of his only Son, but freely gave him up for us all as the atoning sacrifice 
for all of our sins. That is where faith grows, in the truth of that good news. There is power in the seed of God's word, as today's Old Testament lesson reminds us, our scripture memory verse for the week ahead. I encourage you to commit this beautiful passage of God's word to memory. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I send it. By the grace of God, this is the seed that is still being sown in the world today through the preaching and teaching, through the sharing and caring, through the hearing and the living of God's saving word. As we have received, so we are to give. Having received this seed of faith, we ourselves are now called upon to join Jesus on his mission in daily life and take that life-giving seed of new life in Jesus and scatter it freely and generously, generously. As we point others to the kingdom of God that centers in Jesus, we trust that seeds of faith are being sown, even if we cannot predict or see what the results will be. God is in charge, and the seed of his faith will not return to him empty. Amen. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen.